Hi there, your buddy the humble farmer here with an hour or so of old-fashioned music just for you. Thank you for listening. You know, I am very proud of the high quality of writing on my Facebook page, much of which I must credit to myself. Because of the scintillating intellectual content on that page, I get countless friend requests from fellow scholars. Most of them are very poor young women who can't even afford to buy clothes. Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to me. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Our good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music. Thank you. 
I shut that off with only one machine. I've got a new system here for you today. I learned to run it. Alcone, I remember you in Norwegian, of course. That is Yahuska Day. <laughs> Norwegian's funny. Yahuska Day. In Swedish, Yakomari Hog Day. In English, I remember you for a long time. I suspected that I only had one listener. I only had one radio listener. I've been making this program for almost 39 years. And for a long time, I have suspected that you, you are the only person listening to this program. Now, I, I couldn't even suspect where you lived. And now I know where you live, because here's a postcard that says, Dear Humble, your devoted Italian fan base continues to enjoy your great music and pointed witticism and send you fond regards from Chile Milano, C-I-A-O-C-O, Michael. And that postcard, for which I am grateful, took 43 days to get to me from my one radio listener from you in Italy. Now, back when I was on what used to be called main public radio, I'd get letters from my one listener in Massachusetts and Nova Scotia and Quebec, but now with the Internet, my only listener can even live in Italy. Am I right or am I right? If you're really not in Italy, isn't it about time to tell me where you are? I'm the humble farmer at gmail.com. Um. 
song's been going through my head for days and days. <laughs> I've never played it myself, I don't think. Bob Brookmeyer, of course. And I'd like to have a quarter for all the hours I set up in the paint locker on the bow of the cuddle laurel with a little 45 RPM record player with my little valve trombone trying to learn Bob Brookmeyer solos. And here's a story that comes... Oh, I should thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer. You know, with any luck at all, I'm here every week at this time playing old-fashioned music just for you. I am thehumblefarmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. And here is a story that comes from Peg, a radio friend for 30 or more years. Peg says, The passengers on a plane notice that the two pilots have white canes and sunglasses when they come aboard. As the plane starts to move and gain speed, it stays on the ground, and the passengers get nervous. They're looking out the window. The plane rushes toward a fence as the remaining runway gets shorter and shorter. The passengers finally holler, and the plane takes off, missing the fence by just inches. Up in the cockpit, the co-pilot turns to the pilot and says, You know what? One day they're going to scream too late and we're all going to die.
Charlie Gray <laughs> playing a, a tune I got from Sony down in Eastport a few years ago. I listened to it as many times as I could on the way home. Probably 150 times I listened to that song over and over the first time I ever heard it. Charlie Gray. May I call your attention to the woman who said that she didn't stop at the scene of an accident because her brakes failed? She said she didn't stop because her brakes failed. Now this woman was easy to find afterwards because her front fender was torn off her car by the impact and left at the scene. I don't know about you, but I am distressed by the transparent excuse she gave for not stopping. Her brakes failed. A more creative person could have said that she didn't realize that she'd hit something. Every kiss, every hug seems to act just like a drug. You're getting to be a habit with me. Let me stay in your arms. I'm addicted to your charms You're getting to be a habit with me I used to think your love was something that I could take Or leave alone But now I couldn't do without my supply I need you for my own Oh, I can't break away I must have you every day as regularly as coffee or tea You've got me in your clutches And I can't get free You're getting to be a habit with me have you every day as regularly as coffee or tea you've got me in your clutches and i can't get free you're getting to be a habit with me you're getting to be a habit with me Bass sax there on the bottom. What my that nice song too, isn't it? I used to listen to that over and over. Nineteen fifty-seven, jazz my names, and I were listen, living down a, on what was it, Alexander Street somewhere in Rochester. And I would listen to things over and over and over. The same song over and over. I I remember reading in a newspaper that one in four Maine high school students who work part-time jobs experience sexual harassment. The study looked at 20 types of unwanted and uninvited behaviors, including, but not limited to, 
grope in an actual sexual assault. Even more surprising than the high percentage of young boys who had been groped was the discovery that some of them didn't even go to church. the kind of stuff that's fun to play if you're in the band playing bass like I used to do that's the kind of feel you like to have <laughs> it, uh, it moves thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station you know with any, with any luck at all you can hear me playing old fashioned music just for you every week at this time right here on your favorite radio station I am thehumblefarmer at gmail.com I would love 
to have a letter hear from you. I'd like to hear from you, my only listener. One day, I thinks to myself, I'll bet my blood pressure is high. My face is kind of red. So I'll just drop by my doctor's office and ask if a nurse would be kind enough to take my blood pressure today. So that's what I did. And when I got in there and stood before the receptionist and made my request, she asked me for my name. Now, my wife Marsha, the almost perfect woman, talks about my being oblivious to the world around me. But there I was, standing before the receptionist. She was young, obviously didn't have any problem with her seeing. And my name tag was hanging right out over the desk, right there, sticking out on my manly chest. And this receptionist asked me for my name. And I thought to myself, Perhaps I'm not the one who should go in there and have my head examined. Now, luckily, it was a slow day, and a very capable nurse quickly took my blood pressure, which was 150 over 84, probably a record for me. I told her that high blood pressure was something new for me. I never had it. And I asked her what I should do. And then I said, you go home. You relax. You stay away from stress. I said, how can I? I'm married to her. to stand up and dance with that one. That is such great 
great dance music, I think. A Maine man accused of shooting his wife told his friend he did it because his wife had been nagging. Now, although this situation is too horrible to warrant commentary, one can't help but wonder how many men were tempted to clip that article from the newspaper and quietly stick it on the refrigerator door. on the end of that we, we missed it Dick Cash played that for me the, just before he went in the army I was I heard that over and over and over while Cash was gone I wanted to listen to him oh it must have been 1957 I wanted to hear him while he was gone so he re- put on that record Bessie wouldn't help it and he played on top of it One of the annoying things about being old is 
being able to remember more than a few of our most recent enemies. Now, the days when a St. George man could get paid and decorated for shooting Englishmen and Spaniards was way before my time. But as a kid, on my way to school, while I was walking to school, I walked past a life-sized dummy of a German hung by the neck from a gas station sign. What a thing for a little kid to see on the way to school. I saw it. I remember it. Then, when there was no longer a reason to hate or fear the Germans, the commies stepped in as public enemy number one. We need these enemies, you know. We need to be told that should we let our guard down for an instant, our enemies will rush in here and seize everything we hold dear. Everyone knows that if it wasn't for being told that we have enemies, trillions of your tax dollars would no longer be swept into that rat hole known as the defense budget. You might even remember, if you're old enough, the last time the media had us fearing and hating the Russians. And then, I don't know, what was it, a little bit over 20 years ago, when Gorbachev set the Soviet Union on a new path, you might remember that, he turned it away from its rivalry with the West. One of the top people, back then, one of the top people in the Russian government said to us, we will do the most horrible thing to you. We will leave you without an enemy. <laughs> Boy, was he wrong, huh? Never underestimate our military-industrial complex when it comes to manufacturing new plausible enemies. Send me a sweet 
music just for you every week at this time right here on your favorite station we all we all know people who plan things days and weeks and months ahead these people we know them these people write these things down on calendars or in little notebooks these people know exactly what they're going to do every day for days weeks and months in advance you do not you know this you do not want to drop in on these people for a visit any change in their schedule throws them for a loop well here's what i think about it an existence like that is not a life it's the chronicle of a prisoner in a maximum security federal prison some of us are very happy to get out of bed in the morning with nothing more on the agenda than Eat my rolled oats and take a shower. (laughs) ¶¶ 
Thank you for listening. You know that I listen to Dutch all the time, quite often. I read Dutch as often as I can. Even this morning I was working on my Dutch flashcards. There is an expression I like. Don't expect me to say it like a Dutchman, but it sounds something like this. Onmiddellijk full begrip. Onmiddellijk full begrip. And I like this. It means immediately full of understanding. A middlek full big grip, you know, grip it. You can big grip it. Full of big grip, full of big gripness. I, I think this is a great expression. I like the Dutch way of saying, immediately full of understanding, and it, it's as if enlightenment or understanding had an atomic number and could actually be poured or stuffed into a container, immediately full of understanding. a young girl who suited him nice. He went to his papa to ask his advice. His papa said, son, I have to say no. That girl is your sister, but your mama don't know. Hey, oh, is me. Shame and scandal in the family. Hey, oh, is me. Shame and scandal in the family. A week went by and the summer came down And soon another girl on the island he found He went to his papa to name the day His papa shook his head and this time he did say You can't marry this girl, I have to say no The girl is your auntie but your granny don't know Hey, oh, is me Shame and scandal in the family is me Shame and scandal in the family Now he went to his mama And covered his head He told his mama what his papa had said His mama she laughed She said go man go Your daddy ain't your daddy But your daddy don't know Hey bro Is me Shame and scandal in the family Hey bro Is me Shame and scandal in the family. Hey, oh, it's me. Shame and scandal in the family. Hey, oh, it's me. Well, thank, thank you, thank you for listening to the humble farmer here on your favorite radio station. You know, with any, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this, every week at this time right here. I'm the humble farmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. And here is a letter from Tim White. I think he's one of my brother's former students. Quite a clever guy. Tim, Wright, Tim White 
writes, My parents told me, We want you to be happy. We want you to have a better life than we did. So I didn't have any kids.